So we're at the very top of Ayn Gimel, Aleph, 73a. So yesterday, actually, the second side of the page, Robert brought up Raisa, and he, we weren't able to see what he wants to prove with the Raisa. Only, only until just now. There's an argument between him and Abaye, and the argument is, if somebody wanted to cut some type of plant or vegetable, but he was if this plant or vegetable was down in the ground, was already cut, and uh, he wanted just to maybe slice it a little bit more, and by mistake he ended up cutting a different one that was connected to the ground, which was the melach of reaping, harvesting. So according to Robe, he is completely patur from Korban, from, from uh, Hatas, because he never intended to do a Maise Isur. So in Hebrew it's called Mitasek, Mitasek. He was just busy doing something, but no Mameh According to Abaye, because he did want to do that action, even though he thought he's doing it on a permitted way, but he wanted to do the action of cutting. So he ended up doing a cutting of Isur to, to a vegetable, a plant that was, yes, connected to the ground. According to Abaye, he's going to have to bring a hatas. So now, now let's move into the Gemora, how Rove proves from this price that we saw yesterday that he's going to be exempt. So says Rove the following. What is the case Beshagag So yesterday the Gemara proved that this part that somebody um, did something inadvertently and even without intent, and nevertheless in other mitzvahs he's going to be liable of a korban chatas. And we proved yesterday he couldn't refer to Avodazara, to idolatry. So what, 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 what is this referring to? So says Gemora, Echidami. So now we're going to go to the, back to the halach of eating chalef. The sabur de shumanu v'achalo. There was a piece, a fatty piece of, of fat, and he thought it was permitted fat, and he ate it. Says Robert, this is the case of the brisa. So we see, He's thinking this is not chilev, this is permitted fat, and he eats it, okay? So regarding other mitzvahs, when you go from, you wanted to eat, and you made a mistake, instead of eating something permitted, you, eat, you ate something forbidden, you're chayef, why you are liable? There's a principle, the quality over here, in the Gemara, in the... It's, it's, it's a Gemara in Christus, that whenever you have any physical, any physical pleasure, it doesn't help any miscaven, that you have intent, because the body gets annoyed, gets pleasure. So at the end of the day, he wanted to, to eat uh, permitted fat, he ended up eating chalev, and the body had the pleasure of, of eating chalev, so he's liable of a korban chattis. That is regarding other mitzvahs. But said the Braisa, Mashen Kembe Shabbos. 
but we have to find a very similar case to this one regarding Ilho Shabbos. And on Shabbos, he's going to be exempt. So what is the case? Mosby says, Rabbi, the one that we were dealing. The Niskaven, he had in mind to cut Lachtobe Zotalush, something that was already been detached, like a vegetable or plant. And by mistake, he ended up cutting something that was attached. So says Rabbi, to Abaye, you see, the only way to draw a parallel between other mitzvahs and Shabbos and saying that in other mitzvahs you are liable in Shabbos, no, is such a case that somehow in other mitzvahs, in Abodazorim, we couldn't find it, but we were able to find it eating Caleb. That even though you didn't have Kavana to do the action, nevertheless you have to bring that, that is Caleb. And regarding Shabbos, the Bryce says, but in the similar situation, when you wanted to do an action of a, a permitted action, but by mistake you end up com committing a forbidden very same action, in Shabbos you're going to be exempt. So says Robert, this is our case. So Abaye is going to change the case of the Brisa to show Robert, you can even learn the Brisa finding a parallel between eating something forbidden and uh, Shabbos, but what Abai is going to do now is going to be able to find a case even when he didn't want to do the action. And nevertheless, he has to bring uh, a korban in other mitzvahs. So that is the case that also in Shabbos, because he didn't mean to do the action, he's going to be exempt. We saw that yesterday also, that there was a knife on the floor. And his intention is to lift the, the knife from the floor. And by mistake, instead of lifting the knife, or even together with the knife, he ends up cutting a vegetable. Over there, Abai agrees he doesn't have to bring a korban hatas because he didn't have a kavana to do the action. But in the previous case, it says the internet is not so good. Let me wait. Okay. But in the previous case, that if he does have the kavana to do the action, he's going to be liable. So that is where Abaye learns this price. This is Shagag Belo Miskave Mechidami. What is the case of inadvertence and without intention? The Sabo Roku. Not your case, Robe, that he thought he's going to eat uh, Schumann, uh, Schmaltz, fat. Rather, he had some saliva in his mouth. And he thought he had something liquid in his mouth, and he thought it was saliva. Ubalo, and therefore he swallowed it. But he didn't realize somehow that it wasn't saliva. It was really melted chelev. It was this forbidden shuman. So again, even without the kavana, even without eating it, just swallowing it up, because it's chelev, is on the principle that getting benefit from something forbidden like that, you have to be a korban. And the Kavasel, the Shabbos, when regarding Shabbos, Mashen can be Shabbos, what would be the comparison on Shabbos? What I explained. Then it's coming like via Esatalush, somebody intended to leave something that was already touched, like the knife, and by Misech Atakesa Mechubar, and he ended up cutting something that was attached. That was going to be put, put to the exempt. Ah, well, but going back to the case, Niskav Lachtochus Atalush, 
Bechotah Kesamechubar, he wanted to cut already something that already been the, the, the attached, and he ended up cutting the whatever was attached, for sure, according to Abaya, would be liable. So this is how we uh, understand this case of the Braisa, and by this, Abai was able to reject Robert's uh, proof from the Bryce. Now, uh, Shmuel, welcome. We're in page 73A1. We are in the right columns, and we're going to be doing uh, in the middle of the right column. When it says the Gemara cites another dispute between Abai and Robe regarding preoccupation. To be honest with you, I don't like the word preoccupation. Maybe it's in fancy schmanz English. In, in Spanish, preoccupation is to be worry. And really what he meant to say is mitasek. Uh, mitasek means he's busy doing something, but he didn't want to do the melach. So what is the next case? Itmar. So this is a person, Niskabin is Rokstein. This guy is standing in Rosh Hashanah. Let's say you are working with a friend in... Um, in the M1, which is Mamesh, the Reshus Arabian, the rice. And somehow you take out your keeper, whatever the reason it is, and you want to play with your friend Frisbee, and your friend is standing one meter away from you, a short Frisbee. So he had Kavana to throw something to Amos, the Zara Karba, and he ended up throwing it for Amos. And by, by ending up throwing it for Amos in Rosh Hashanah, then it's already transporting in Rosh Hashanah. So again, Rabbi Amar Patur, according to Rabbi, is exempt because, again, he didn't have Kavana. He didn't have the Kavana to do a Melocha. So he's called Mitasek. So he, to Amos is not a Melocha, even though it ended up being for Patur. And Abaye, okay, following the previous reasoning, he said, listen, even without Kavana, you end up doing a melacha, you're liable. Rabbi Amar Patu Rabbi says he's exempt. De loka michaven. Lizarka de arba. Because he didn't have in mind to throw it for Amos. Abaye Amar Chayav. Abaye says, no, he's uh, liable, he is, has to do the Korban Hartos, because at the end of the day, he wanted to throw something, and okay, ended up being more than we had thought, but ended up doing a melach. Soon the Gemara is going to explain whether we need an extra case if we already had the previous case. And even more than that, now the Gemara is going to bring a third case. Now, a similar situation. But now the person, yes, want to throw it for Amos. But he was, he thought wherever he was standing was a private domain. And in a private domain, you can throw whatever you want. Then in And after he threw it for Amos, he found out he was in a public domain. And again, he didn't have the Kavana to do a Maise Isur. So according to Rabbi Patur, Rabbi Amar Patur, he's exempt. We're moving to page A2. And again, Abaye, according to his way of thinking, he says he's liable. Rabbi Amar Patur, Rabbi says he's exempt. Why? 
זריקת האיסור. הנה וניתנת, to do something prohibited. והוויה מלכה יהבה נווה יססלה יבל וואי, דעה גם לך ואין לצרוק אבי עלמא. כי על כוונה to do the mice זריקה, he ended up doing the mice, the action of זריקה, of throwing it for Amos, and he did it in a forbidden way, in a forbidden place. Now the government is going to explain why we need all these different cases. וצריכה. We need to hear these three cases for the following. די אשמיינה כמייסה. If only for the first one, that is the one we did yesterday or today at the beginning, with regarding the vegetable, there was whom to say the Akiyama Rabba that only regarding that one Rabbi would say that he's exempt. Why? Because he never had in mind to cut the prohibited vegetable. He wanted only to cut the the, the permitted one. But in the second case. When he ended up throwing four, even though he only wanted to throw two, the arba velotatilo misericale. Look, for something to fly for Amos, it for sure needed to fly the first two Amos. So at the end of the day, he ended up, yes, re, uh, accomplishing what he wanted to do, to throw two Amos. So maybe once he accomplished to do what he wanted to do, and he went overboard for another two, Maybe our hero would be Moide would agree to Abaye that he's liable. So Ema Modelil Abaye. Veashmina Bea. And even that after we heard that with these two Robe holes that is Patur, still there was room to say, Beakema Robe, that in the second one, only in that Robe said they would be exempt. Because he never had in mind to throw it for four Amos. So he was lacking the intention of doing a proper Melacha. But when he did have a Kavanah to throw it for Amos, which is a proper Melacha, and he ended up being, uh, instead of Rashus Arabim, Rashus Yachid, he ended up being a, a private domain. So maybe in that case, he would definitely be moided to Abaye. Ema model el Abaye, he would agree to Abaye that over here for sure should be liable to her. So therefore, we need all these three cases to let us know to the extent that Robe holds that if you didn't have Kavana to do something forbidden, you will never be obligated to do a, to bring a Korban Hatas. Now the Gemara is going to bring us for the, for the third time, the famous Mishnah we're about to see, please God, just now. The famous Mishnah of the Arvaim Arva Arvaim Avos Melachos Chaserachas. Okay? Tnan. Just right after this, we're going to this Mishnah. Avos Melachos Arvaim Chaserachas. The primary labors are 40 minus 1. We saw it already twice previously that Rabbi Yochanan asked why does the Mishnah need to start telling us how many they are? The Amar Yochanan already we saw the answer of Rabbi Yochanan to let us know that if a person mistakenly transgress all of this 39 he's going to have to bring 39 chatos. So the Gemara analyzes again this to prove Abaye to be right. Beshlama le Abaye, he would go okay with Abaye. The Amar 
Kei Gavner Chayav. That Abaye holds that when a person makes a mistake, he only wants to throw it for two amos, and they don't flying for four amos. Even in that case, you have to bring a korban katas. So Then we can apply that in some of the melachos is such a situation. The yada disura shabes that a person was aware that is that is shabes yada lisur melachos, and he was also aware that all the thirty-nine melachos. And nevertheless, the ketavi shurin he mistakenly, mistakenly went over the the shiur the measurement and therefore he's liable so again according to abaye we need to find a case that somebody transgressed the all the 39 because if you tell me there was only one he didn't know so there's no case that a person's liable for 39 would be only for 38 so how can be a case that somebody knows that is Shabbos and he did absolutely all of the melachos b'shegeg, inadvertently. So according to Abaye, we explain how it can happen. But according to Rabe, the Amar Patur, that even in such cases, he could be exempt of a korban. So how are you going to find, as explained, that he transgressed every single melacha b'shegeg? So if you tell me, is bezadon Shabbos b'shegeg as melachos, he knew it was Shabbos, but he didn't know the Melachos, and that was his mistake. So then Anicha, we saw this twice previously. Anicha is Alvakerav Yochanan. This would go okay, according to what we saw previously, pages ago in Rabbi Yochanan the Amar, that he considered Shoigeg, Kevan Sheshaka Bekores, if a person knew, Abel Pishe Izid Belav, if a person knew that these Melachos are prohibited, the only thing he didn't know is if you transgress, you're going to be uh, amazed on purpose. You're going to be liable for caries. That's what he didn't know. And according to Rabbi Yochanan, that is considered Shegeg. So you can say that that was the case. <clears throat> there were all these 39 melachos. He knew they were forbidden. He just didn't know he's liable for caries, uh, for cutting of his soul. And he transgressed. So, Mashkach Hasla, the Yada Lale Shabbos Belav. He knew that it was forbidden, and nevertheless, he went ahead and did it. But according to Rabbi Shimon Lakish, in such a situation, is not considered shaygeg, inadvertently, and he he wouldn't be liable for a korban khatas. According to Rish Lakish, shaygeg, inadvertently, and to bring a korban, only if you didn't even know, you weren't aware that it's forbidden. So then, what is the case? The Yadal Rabbi Shabbos Bimai. So, again, it's not enough to tell me he knew 38, this one that he didn't know, and, or the opposite. You cannot, you cannot even tell me he knew there was one Melacha you cannot do, and because of that he knows that Shabbos is different, but then the, the 38 he didn't know, because then Rabbi Yohanan said the Mishnah is telling us there 40 minus 1 that if you all of them you are liable. So it's not enough to find me a case that he didn't just did one didn't know. He need to know all of them. So according to, to, to Rish Lakish, what is the case? 
So says the Gemara, they yadale bischumim. We saw it twice. It's the third time that we, our case, this is to for Robe to be, according to Robe's way of learning in general, to also be able to follow Rishlakish. That he knew there is such a concept of Shabbos regarding Tchumim, that you cannot walk more than 2,000 amos on Shabbos. We are living with Rabbi Kiva. And this opinion follows Rabbi Kiva, that he holds in Masechet Soiten a Mishnah over there, that Tchumim is the rice. That the prohibition of walking more than 2,000 amos on Shabbos is from the Torah. And that's how you can say, according to Rob, according to this Lakish, this person knew it was Shabbos and didn't know the, any of the Melachas. He didn't know absolutely none of the 39 Melachas, but he knew that Shabbos is different, you cannot walk. And he transgressed all the 39, and he brings 39 Korbanos. So, Mazel Tov Raboisai. We're going to see the 39 Melachos. Here they are. <laughs> We're speaking so much about the 39 Melachos. And it started over a year ago with Shmuel Gordon, Baba Kama. Mamish, the very beginning of Baba Kama, speaks about uh, Baba Kama, Toldos, uh, Avos, Toldos. Now we're going to the famous Toldos of Shabbos. Okay. So says the Mishnah, Avos, Melachos, Arim, Choserochas. The primary labors of Shabbos are 40 minus 1. The two that one or two, and I didn't, I, I didn't have time to check. They bring some sources to look over there why the Mishnah didn't just say 39, but said 49 minus 1. Sorry, are you, are you that? So the Mishnah is going to group them uh, in different uh, purposes. So you see, the very first 11 are things that have to do with baking bread. And the truth is, uh, in the Mishkan, look in the footnotes, they weren't for bread, they were more to, um, to cook the herbs to, cre to, to create the dyes for the curtains and for things that need to have a color. But the Mishnah ends with Oife instead of Bishul, which is the same Elacha. And it's a beautiful Musa over here. The first 11 is going to be about baking bread. And then the next 13 is going to be preparing clothing. So what was Yaakov Avinu's request to Hashem? If you give me Lechem Lechol Ubege Lilbosh. Bread to eat and clothing to wear. So this is the two real priorities of a person. So the Mishnah and the Melachos is going to list this, this to be the first. So what are the 11 Melachos to make bread? Azorea. Look also in the footnotes, they bring very nicely why they say the person doing the Melacha, if they are introducing the 39 Melachos, they should have just say Zriya, Harisha, Ketzira, which is the, 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 the name of the, of the Melacha. Why is talking about a person doing Melacha? And this goes with the explanation that Rabbi Yochanan, we just saw that he said, that to teach us if somebody does all these 39 Melachos inadvertently, he needs to bring 39 Hatos. So this is going on the person. The person that's doing these 39 things, Beshegeg. So if, if a person is a Zorea, is sewing, 
and if a person is a choyresh, is plowing, and if a person is a koitzer, a koitzer, reaping, if the person is a meamer, which is gathering together, after they would harvest, they would pile the, the, what they harvested in the fields, that is called meamer, to make it in, in groups. Readash, that is already threshing, step on it to break the, the chaff from the grain. Vazoire, winnowing, then went through it to the air for the wind to take away the, the cash, the straw, and the grain to come down. It's a little bit of a boiler. The Gemara is going to, we'll leave that for tomorrow. The Gemara is going to ask now, which is winnowing and boiler and selecting. It's, it's, it's the same melachos, also threshing. So why the Mishnah separates them into different melachos? Borer is the famous selecting. And then toichen is grinding to make grain into flour. Ve'amelaked, sifting, which is again a type of borer. Ve'alash, then kneading. You put water and make a dough. And then, oh, if you finally you bake it. Okay. Now, what are the melachos? Look, I'm just going to read them. Obviously, there's no time for me to start reading all the footnotes, but you know where they are. If you want to go more into these melachos, just take your time to read the footnotes. Okay, now let's move into garments. A goises is a tzemer, shearing wool. And uh, this wool was used for the um, curtains. Yeah, this was the wool for the curtains of the Mishkan. So you needed to shear it from the from the sheep, and then melavno, you will whitening it by bringing down to water to a river to rinse it. So this is whitening. This is the prohibition why we cannot wash clothes on Shabbos. Then veaminapso, disentangling disentangling it. Okay, to start. To, to, to start making, be, be able to, to do the fibers. Then the atzovoy, this is dyeing it. The toive, spinning it. The and then mounting the warp. So over there, I, I send you the picture, look in the appendix. Beautiful picture, how they used to do all these things. The osechte, but they need in on setting to I don't have to pronounce it, heddles, something like that. And weaving two threads. Again, look in the appendix, it's beautiful pictures over there. And removing two threads. This is whatever was sticking out. Tying a knot or, or untying a knot. This is for the nets that they use to catch the chilazon. The chilazon was a, a window to use the tcheles for the tzitzis. And sewing two stitches. Over here, experience two stitches. It really means going in and out once. That's already two stitches. And the same thing, turning in order to sew two stitches. And I get, they bring over here. Sometimes we would find in the curtain of the of the Mishkan that the moth ate a little bit. It was a little hole, so they would cut a little bit more than that to be able to put a proper patch. So when you are cutting with intention to then 
rectifying it, that is a melach. Okay, now let's move on with, uh, as you see over here, the labels required for preparation of heights and starting with writing. And the connection between preparation of heights and writing, because the, the heights were used for scrolls and they would write on the scrolls. So atatsvi, trapping. Now deer is not just trapping deer, it's trapping any animal that usually people trap. Deer is just like a most common case of trapping. Shohatoy, shchita. Now it doesn't have to be proper kosher shchita. Any slaughtering, any killing an animal. Ve amapshitoy, then skinning it. And then salting it, which is preparing the heights, and tanning its hide. So look in the footnote number 57, that the Gemara actually is going to change the Mishnah. Because definitely these two, which is salting and uh, tanning the hide, is one and the same. So the Gemara is going to tell us that really, instead of these two, the one has to be added is sirtut, which is tracing lines. And this is before the leather was cut, the people would trace some lines into the skin to indicate where to cut. And this was before the cutting. So this is uh, this is for the rams and the Hashim for the coverings of the Mishkan. Then smoothing it. To make the leather, the parchment smooth, and finally to cut it, and writing two letters. So people would write, this is in the Krashim. You know, this is already a smart way of, uh, of uh, doing and undoing. We all know that during the four years in the desert, actually, we're starting just now the book of Abidmar, that they would do and undo the Mishkan to go from place to place. So there were many Kroshim and they needed to know which carriage, which plank of wood belongs where. So they would write on them the number or, the, or with the letters probably which one is where and then it would be easier to assemble them again. So there was the Chochmah, the wisdom how to assemble them and that is the, the source of writing in the Mishkan. And erasing in order to write two letters. Now, this I think this is a, a beautiful, overwhelming Musar that is giving us the Mishnah. So look over here at the very bottom in footnote number 61. Erasing, look at this. Erasing in order to write two letters in that place. Now, when this Melacha happened, if the Mishkan's builders erred, they made a mistake in writing the letters on the boards and then by mistake wrote the wrong letter. They would erase them in order to write the proper ones. So I was shocked when I saw this explanation. This is a beautiful Musar. I understand the other 38. We're going to soon please go see the other ones. The 38 Melachos are processes to build a Mishkan. This is the anticipation that they're going to make a mistake and how to fix the mistake is one of the Abel Melachos of the Mishkan. One of the primary labors of the Mishkan is already 
taking into account that people make mistakes and they have to fix them. This is part of the Mishkan. And I think this teaching is a big lesson in life. That there's no such a thing of being successful without making a mistake. It's obvious. Only people that don't try, they are the only ones that don't make mistakes. Anybody that tries, tries is going to make a mistake. Even in the Mishkan, one of the Malachas is to make a mistake. It's, I think it's unbelievable Musa. Okay, just let's go to the last ones. In the page 7385, we haven't got it to page 5 for a long time. Okay, Aboine, building, we all know it, assembling the Mishkan, the Asoyser, demolishing. But it's very important, look in the footnote, it's only demolishing and menas livnois. When you are demolishing with the intent to put it back together. Because just destroying is not a melach. extinguishing. And again, also extinguishing a menas when you want to make a, a call or a wig. Otherwise, it's not a melach either. and kindling. This is the kindling for the fire to, make, to, to cook the herbs to make the ink. They finally, uh, no, one before the last, the Patish, st striking the final blow. There's different explanations exactly where in the Mishkan this was, but it's, it's the, the final touch for something to become uh, a final utensil. The Amoti Mereshul Ereshus, and we spoke about it in the first chapter, Otsah. Okay, from domain to domain. So, just to end up the Mishnah, these are the main labels of Shabbos, 40 minus 1. So, in the Askel they bring in the footnotes, the Gemara is going to ask <coughs> for whether we need the repetition. If just now we're going to start again, 73 day 1, the Gemara for the fourth time brings this question, Minyon Alamali. Whether we need a number of how many melach we just count. And Amar of Yechanan, Shimasan Kulam Be'elemechan, that if a person mistakenly in one go transgress all the 39 melachas Be'shegeg, Hayabal Kolachas Be'achas, he's liable to bring a Korban Chatos for each one of them. And to teach us that if you do Toldos, if you do derivatives, which is a similar type of action, together with the Av, you don't bring uh, an extra hata for the tolda. You only bring hatas for the ab, and when you do the tolda, you, the same hatas of the ab uh, uh, atones for the tolda. Okay, so ready to go. Let's go in the Gemara for the 39 Melochas. Azorea Bachoyresh, the first two are sowing and plowing. The Gemara asks Mihdi, uh, which in the process goes first? Mihrav Karhi the person generally first plows and only after he sows. So why? So listening, Choresh Vadar listening Zorea. The Mishnah should have started with plowing and then only after with sowing. The Gemara says, You're right, but even though these are uh, Melachos of the Mishkan, really the Tana, the sage of the Mishnah, is referring to the land of Israel. Tana Beretz Israel Koi, this is a uh, a sage was in the land of Israel, the Zoya Beresha. That in the land of Israel, the, the ground was very hard, and they need to do two plowings. 
So they did the initial plowing. After the first plowing, they would put the seeds. And after they would do a second plowing to cover the seeds. So that is what the Mishnah is referring over here. And to teach us that even that second plowing is also going to be our Abmelech. Okay? Tana, now the Bryce is going to bring us similar acts to sowing. Says the Bryce, Azorea, Vazomera, Vianotea, Viamabrig, Viamarkiv. Five things sowing seeds, pruning trees and vines, planting saplings, propagating vines, and grafting a branch. All of them kulan All of them are included in the category of sowing in one primary labor. If you look in the footnote over here, you're gonna see in footnote number five, six that is very interesting. There's a machlokis between Rashi, the Rambam, and other Rishonim, if even Geonim, if these five, they are also. Avmelacha, just with different names depending on the situation, or maybe they are told us of a, of a sowing. So according to Rashi, four of them is the same Avmelacha, only uh, the only one different is pruning. Pruning according to Rashi is a tolda, according to the Rambam, even that is an Av, but just different names depending what was applied to. When it comes to trees, it's not called zorea, it's called notea, which is a planting. Okay. Micah Mashmalan, the Gemara asks, and what is the Tana teaching us by listing all this? Says Gemara, that if a person transgresses many labors on one go, but all of them are the similar melacha, and no higher belochas. Just like if you transgress the Av with the Toldos, you only bring one Korban Chatos for the Av, the same thing over here, because all of them are is kind of the same Melacha, so even though it has different names, because one is with seeds and one is with trees, nevertheless it's the same Melacha, if you do all of them in one go, you only bring one Korban Chatos. Omar Rabbi Yachab, so he's telling like this. The word Zoimer, we said previously that according to Rashi, is the only one that was a tolda, which is to prune a tree. Okay? So he said that because he's referring to a tree, is related to Notea, which is planting a tree. But already directly planting or mavrich means propagating a vine or markiv is to graft a branch. So then that is more the melacha of zorea, which is sowing. The Gemara is going to ask Akasha. You're telling me that these last three are Zorea, are sowing and Mishum Notealo, but they are not planting. You are telling me things that you do with trees. And again, sowing is seeds. And all the rest is doing things with trees. 
She's telling me that doing the, these last three things I just mentioned is sowing and not planting when it, when it's done in a tree. Says the Gemara, no, you're right. What he meant to say, no, he meant to tell us that even those are including in sowing, but for sure they are also planting. Look in the footnotes, there's many, many opinions whether the Gemara means to say he's going to be liable only for one or for two hatos. According to Rush, initially we understand only to one hatos because again, just like in the Brisa, even though there are different names, but they are the, the same type of Melacham. So according to Rashi, if you do all of them, still you can only be high up for one. But some want to understand over here that no, by giving us two different names of it, he meant to tell us you're going to bring two hats. Okay, now we're going to go into different actions. They're going to be for one action liable for two. Zomer if a person prunes a vine. So usually pruning is under the category of a notea of planting because when you prune, when you cut branches, you are helping the vine or you're helping the tree to grow better. So pruning, that's why it's related to planting. Now this person, even if he's only intending to prune because he wants to use the wood to make fire, says Ravakana, he's liable for two. Why? Chayav Shtayim, Achaz Mishum Koitzer, one for reaping, it's uh, taking away uh, something that you want, it's like harvesting, the Achaz Mishum Noter, and one because of planting. So reaping is for sure. You, you, you're reaping the branches because you want to use them for fire, that's one of the 39 Melachas for sure. But even planting, even if you didn't have Kavana, it's called Psikresha. It's inevitable you're causing this Melacha because you're helping, as we said, the tree to grow. So you did two Melachas at once and you level for two Chatos. A similar ruling, Amarav Yosef, Haiman de Kotal, Asfasta. So Asfasta is some type of herbs that grow for foliage for the animals and this would grow a lot so three times a month you cut a little bit to feed the animals so says Rav Yosef again you have to bring two hatos because reaping because you want to use this asvasta to give to your animals for for eating and also because of planting because it's similar to pruning when you cut these asvastas you help that foliage, that, that, uh, that, uh, those um, vegetables, those plants to grow better. A similar thing. Amaravaye, Ayman de Kanir, Silka. Silka Selik is bits, it's one of the simanim of, of Rosh Hashanah. She stalkus oineinu, Hashem should end up with all of our enemies and wait a little bit of bits. So the same idea, you have some bit roots attached to the ground and somebody cuts them. And again, by cutting them, you're going to help them to grow better. So, the same idea. One because of reaping and one once because of planting. Okay, we ended up the first melacha, uh, which is zorea. Now we're going to move on to the second one, which is plowing. Tana, 
So just like regarding Zorea, we saw these different actions. They are similar to Zorea. The same thing over here regarding plowing. Plowing the earth or digging a hole or making a furrow. All of them is the same category of Choresh. And the same principle, if you do the three of them, it only counts as one. Look in the fundus according to Rashi. Only Choresh, uh, plowing, is the Av. The Choifer, the Choresh is Toldois. According to others, no, it's also Avos, but again, on the same principle, that they're basically the same action. Rav said, Unatla. If somebody had a small mound, mound, and took it away, and he make it uh, a little bit uh, flat, so he like this. If this mound was in the house, he would be liable for building, because he's flattening the floor, he's making the floor look nicer, instead of the house's building. And if he did this in the field, he's liable for plowing, because now it's going to be easier to plow under where the mud was. Mond was. Omarobe, a similar ruling. Aisalo guma with mama. If somebody had a hole and he filled it with dirt, again with the pen. Baba is Hayamishumboine. If he did this in the house, he's liable to a building because he flattened the, the, the floor of his house. And if it was in the field also, discussing plowing. Because now that he put that earth uh, covering the hole, it's easy over there to plant. So it's considered choyresh, plowing. Okay, another aloha plowing. Omar Rabbi Abba, Rabbi Abba said, Achofel Guma Beshabes, Chela Leafra. Oh, this is interesting aloha. One digs a hole, but this is only in the floor of your house on Shabbos, but not because you wanted the hole. Rather, because you want the earth, you need to, the earth to cover something in the house. Let's say there was some zoe made here, droppings over there. So you need to some sand to cover it. So he says, Paturalea. So this is not a melacha because it's not boine. You make a hole in your house, you're ruining your house. And even according to Rabiuda, we saw it in chapter 2. They are in chapter 2 and chapter 3. That when you do a melacha, even if you're not doing it for the proper intent of the melacha, but nevertheless, because you did a melacha, you're going to be liable for it. And that's only when you do a melacha that you don't need it, but at the end of the, of the day, you have a benefit. So look in the footnotes. We spoke about this as an example. Well, then you have a corpse. Somebody died on Shabbos. Besides the fact that he's mukse, but let's say a person anyway is transgressing. So if the person takes out the corpse out of the, the house because of the stench, the smell, so if, if, even though he doesn't need the, the melacha, to take out is when you want the result of having something, something out of your house because you want the object outside, to use it outside. Over here, taking out a corpse is not because you, you need the object to be outside. You, you just don't want the object inside of your house. But nevertheless, according to the view that you're going to be liable because you have a benefit. It was a constructive, constructive 
type of thing. Next page. Ahí me calculo. But when you are digging a hole inside of your house, the melacha of digging, it's a kilkul, it's a destruction of your floor. So it's not bainé. And creating sand on Shabbos is no melacha. We saw the 39. There's no such a melacha of creating sand. So according to everybody, you are not liable for anything. Okay, let's move on to the third melach of the Mishnah, reaping, rakoitzer. Tana, look what a beautiful, look how beautiful is the Lashon HaKodesh. Look at this b'raisa. Rakoitzer, ve'aboitzer, ve'agoider, ve'amoisek, ve'aoire. Okay? Five words, different words in Hebrew, that all of them is the same thing, is harvesting. But for every of the five species of fruits, the Sheva Minim of the land of Israel, each one gets its specific noun or verb of the act of harvesting it. So reaping grain or cutting grapes, I'm sorry, grain is not one of the five fruits, it's, it's one of the grains. Reaping grain or cutting grapes or harvesting dates or collecting olives and gathering figs. Okay, so I can see that Ashkol also went out of the way to use different English words. I don't think it's that common to use different words, but in Hebrew it's beautiful. So all of them, Kulan, Melochachas. At the end of the day, all of them, as we saw previously, is one Melacha. It's just harvesting, and therefore if a person does all of them in one go, he only brings one Chatas. Okay, another example of reaping, Amarapope. One person wanted to bring some dates down from a palm tree. They're a bit high, he has a ladder, so he takes a clod of hurt in his hand and he throws it, and that is able to bring down some dates. So, according to Rapapa, um, so Chayav Stein, he's going to be liable for two melachas. Achas Mishum Tolesh, one because he was detaching, is, is again, is harvesting. The Achas Mishum Mefarek. And the second one is for e extracting. So this is very interesting one. This look in the footnote number 34. Lefarek is to unload. The Torah uses this when somebody unloads a donkey from its load. So also, when you take something out of something, it's called mefarek. So over here, by extracting the dates from the other dates, from the clusters, so therefore, it's considered mefarek. So according to the Papa, he was over, he did two transgressions with one stone. This is literally. Rabashi Amar, Rabashi said to him, no, he didn't, de he is not liable for not, not even one. Ein this is not a way neither to detach and neither to extract. So therefore, is Beshinui. This was an, an, done on a non-common way. And the Oraisa from the Torah, if you do things with the Shinoi, with a different way of doing it normally, you're not liable for a Torah transgression. Okay? And the last we're going to do, no, two more today, the fourth one in the, on the Mishnah, Me'amer, gathering together. So li listen to these beautiful machlokes, Omar Robe, Haim, and the Chonid 
Milcha, mi milchosa. If somebody went to gather salt from a salt ditch, like we spoke about it a few pages ago, when the sea goes into a little place and then they close it and the water of the sea evaporates and then you are left, you are left with the salt. So because that is where the salt is being formed, if you go there and you gather from that place, you gather some salt, this is a melacha of me'amer, of gathering. So he's going to be liable in the accounting of gathering together. But listen, Abayi Omar, and I think this halacha derises like Abayi, I think. Abayi says, no, ain't imur ela bigidulei karka. The melacha of gathering is only applies to something that grows in the ground, not to salt. And uh, the last one for today, Bezat Hashem, Adash, threshing. So the Bryce explained, Adash uh, Tana. Adash v'aminapet v'aminafet, threshing grain or beating flax to extract again to divide it, the to remove the flax from its stalks, and striking cotton with a bow. So look in the footnote number forty, and not to get confused, because in the Mishnah we saw the melacha of. Um, men, me, uh, Menafet, menapet. But the one that we saw in the Mishnah was referring to menapet. But that, that was in the Mishnah referring to wool. So the one of the wool is the main melacha of the Abbas melachas of, of, of we speaking in the Mishnah. But this is regarding cotton. So this is to separate the seeds from the cotton. And this is uh, grouped together with um, with the uh, threshing, not with the menapets of the Mishnah in wool, that is a reference to combing. Because this is not combing to make the threads, but it's just to separate something from the cotton, and that's why it's under the melacha of threshing. When you thread, you separate the grain from the from the straw. Okay? So that's what the Bryce is saying. Kula So all of them is the same category of labor. Let's leave it here today.